My name is David J. Harris, Jr. Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris, Jr. Show. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the David J. Harris Jr. Show. And today I have an absolute rock star that is giving all of us a ton of hope for those in Congress. We need the swamp drained and there's nobody that is going after making wrongs right, trying to right the record, trying to call out the hypocrisy that exists all over Congress and the Senate like Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Without further ado, Congresswoman, how are you doing today? So glad you could join me. I'm doing great, David, and I'm really happy to be on your show. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of the busy, swamp-infested, liberal just drainage that you're in. It is just one thing after another, and you are in Congress fighting for us. It seems like a lot of what you're doing should be common sense to most people. But uh, let me ask you this. Before we get into some of the crazy things that have happened this week, did you think, did you have any idea that it was going to be as insane as it is and has been for you once you got into Congress? You know, a lot of people ask me that question. And, you know, I've never served in politics before. I think that's something that everyone should know. So becoming a member of Congress is literally my first experience on the inside of politics. Um, But I, I brought my normal way of thinking, common sense, uh, regular American approach to this position And I knew it was going to be bad. I expected it to be difficult. I expected the media to be nasty. I expected the swamp to be the swamp. But I will tell you, no, I never expected it to be this level. It's it's far worse than anyone can imagine. Well, I I so appreciate you throwing your hat in the ring, trying to stand for conservative values, for faith, family, freedom. I mean, that's that's uh, what you're about. And that's what I believe we need a lot more of in Congress. So this week, the uh, the the verdict for uh, the George Floyd case against Derek Chauvin, the police officer, was rendered. Obviously, it was guilty on all counts. But let me ask you this. Do you think that the jurors could have come to any other uh, decision with Joe Biden weighing in with with uh, Maxine Waters weighing in. We'll get into Mac, Mad Maxine in a minute. But do you think that there's any way they didn't have a clue of what was actually going on in the real world? Or do you think that uh, it, it all played a massive role? Well, I'm very glad you asked me this question. I tweeted about this last night. Uh, I'll go ahead and let you know the response on Twitter from the people that aren't very fond of me is I got called a racist nonstop for here was my statement. I said that after a year, almost a year of these Antifa BLM domestic terrorist riots all over the country where they've burned cities, they've looted businesses, attacked innocent people, even killed people like our retired police officer David Dorn. They've attacked federal monuments, federal buildings, taken over police precincts. And then you have a United States Congresswoman show up in town and and basically threaten the jury and tell them that she's demanding a guilty verdict. You have her tell the crowd, the 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 mob, the the unruly crowd that has been breaking the law, t- telling them break curfew, stay in the streets, be more confrontational. And 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 the, really the question is, what is more confrontational than what we have seen this past year? 
when all of that is happening and, and you're a regular person and you got selected, you got picked to serve on this jury, this wasn't something you signed up for. I personally believe, and this is what I tweeted, that there was no way, no way that we could see anything but a guilty verdict. Uh, depending, you know, regardless of what was presented during the trial, um, there yeah. was so much pressure there. There was, it was unreal. And then to have the president back her up and then to have the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, back up Maxine Waters. Uh, uh, this is mob rule. This is not law. This is not court. This is not justice, so to speak. And, and I'm not even talking about the verdict. I'm just talking about the fact that BLM has become the most powerful domestic terrorist organization within inside the United States. And they are fully supported all the way into Congress and into the White House. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's exactly what I see. It was a win for Black Lives Matter. For all of us Americans that are sitting watching the cities around the country burn over George Floyd. I mean, I, I remember watching the video. I remember absolutely heartbroken at what I saw. I believe that it was absolutely excessive force. Uh, this was obviously before any of the other fentanyl issues that amount he was on three times the legal limit or three times of what should have killed him uh, before all that. And I still think that it was excessive force. Uh, and I still think that there should have been repercussions. I do think that he was guilty of causing or helping to aid that. It's my personal opinion. But that out the window with all the riots and, and Black Lives Matter and all the all the chaos that went on around the country, it absolutely had to sway the jury and, and put the jury in a position where, like you said, these people didn't sign up for this. They were selected. So how in the world could any jury member feel like they could do anything other than vote guilty uh, out of just fear for their family and their, their lives. That's right. That's right. It was, you know, it's basically the same tactics that the Ku Klux Klan used to use. They used to go and take yeah. to the streets with, with torches and, and, you know, their uniforms and, and go out there like some sort of army. They would threaten courts. They would threaten uh, people in their towns if they didn't behave the way they wanted them to behave. And remember the Ku Klux Klan, the Democrat Party is the party of the Ku Klux Klan. Yep. The Democrat Party is the party of Jim Crow. And now we see the Democrat Party is now the party of Black Lives Matters, which they don't care about black lives, not at all. They care about policies. They care about radical changes within our government. And then Maxine Waters goes out in the streets and she's telling these people in their own in their own community, she's saying, I'm your auntie Maxine, as if she as if she cares for them like family. But no one that no auntie or no no person that relates to to people like a family would dare tell them to go out in the streets and destroy their own community where no. they grocery shop, where they work, where their children go to school um, and, and create this type of this this type of chaos and, and riots in their streets. No auntie would do that. She she flat out lied. She doesn't care about those people. And for the Democrats and Black Lives Matter, it's not about these black lives, because if they cared about black lives, we all know they would stop abortion because that takes more black lives than anything else in the United States. But but these people are all about ramming their radical agenda through. And this is exactly what they're accomplishing. I mean, you, you hit so many points on the head. I'm, I'm a huge pro-life advocate. My I shared in my book that uh, my wife found out when her mom was on her deathbed. She was she was battling cancer. She was on hospice. 
And she found out that her mom had left the abortion clinic at the last minute and decided to have my bride. And we just celebrated 27 years together. We've got two daughters that are amazing. Uh, we were pro-life before that. But after that, we're like, we're, we're even more so, if you can be, pro-life. But you hit the nail on the head. And Black Lives Matter, they don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about the fact that black women get uh, abortions at a grossly disproportionate ratio compared to uh, white women in this country making up 13% of the population, yet equating to close to four, over 40% of the abortions, if Black Lives Mattered, that would matter to them, but it doesn't. Uh, so let's get back to Maxine Waters for a minute. You actually just filed uh, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene introduces resolution to expel Maxine Waters for, ex for uh, inciting Black Lives Matter terrorism. Tell us about this that you just, uh, that you just filed and what may come of that. Absolutely. I filed that resolution uh, the first day I got here this week. And the reason why I did it is I, I don't think like um, the, the, the way the establishment works here in Washington. That's not the mindset I have. I didn't come to Washington and say, oh, teach me how to do this. Not at all. I, I'm successful, um, you know, in my regular life before I became a, a member of Congress. I've been a business owner for over two decades I'm pretty confident in my ability to get things done. And uh, just like everyday Americans that do amazing, incredible things in, in the ordinary, regular world of America, uh, that here in the swamp, the, the elites think they're they're better than. Um, so I came here with the people's mindset. And here's what I know. I know that on January 11th, um, I had to fly to Washington because Nancy Pelosi was bringing us here to vote for impeachment on President Trump. This She wanted him impeached because he told all of his supporters at the White House, he said, march peacefully to the Capitol and make your voices heard. He didn't say anything like Maxine Waters said, saying no the streets be more confrontational. He said, I was there. Right. Yeah, I, was okay. front, I was front row. I think you were there. He didn't say anything like that yet. Yeah. They, they pushed to then uh, impeach the president of the United States. Please continue. Right. So I actually wasn't there. I was back. Um, I was here at, at the Capitol and here in my offices working with the group of Republicans that we had pulled together early on, working to object to Joe Biden's electoral college votes that we knew were not right. So we were working to object on six states. So I didn't, I wasn't there at the White House for the speech, but those were President Trump's words. And this is what Nancy Pelosi impeached him for. And the Democrats, they all voted to impeach him and 10 traitorous Republicans voted right along with them. And that's a big problem. And so here's what, here's what I know is that the Democrats have a playbook and they know how to execute. They stay together and they are beating Republicans into the ground. And I am sick and tired and fed up with it. So after I've been the most um, attacked member of Congress in, in the first three months uh, of even being in Congress, um, they've kicked me off of my committees for doing nothing wrong. They have entered a resolution to expel me from Congress for doing nothing wrong. Yet they I haven't done I've done nothing that they can even file a ethics complaint on me. I've done wow. nothing wrong, but they just hate me so much. Um, but when Maxine Waters travels across state lines to a state she doesn't live in, incites violence, incites the riots. Hours after that, Minnesota National Guardsmen are shot at. Thank God no one was killed. 
couple of them were hurt, but they weren't killed, but they could have been. And then she's saying, threatening the jury, if we don't have a guilty verdict, basically it's going to get really bad because my people, the BLM army is going to get more confrontational. This is a woman that is a danger to society. She has a history going all the way back to 1992 doing this. I said, she's got to go. I'm entering a resolution to expel her. And this is the right thing to do. And the American people love it. Everybody wants her out. So that is exactly why I did it. A- absolutely. Uh, I, we, we do need her out. I mean, she's a prime example of why we a, need term limits and uh, B, need uh, uh, need to understand who's actually in it for the people and who's in it for themselves. She's gotten rich off of being a politician. She wasn't a successful businesswoman like yourself and then got into politics to actually serve our country. No, she got into politics and became rich and uh, enriched a lot of her own family as well. How many votes are you going to need for this resolution? Do you think it'll get anywhere? Well, the resolution has to have two thirds. And so this is a difficult thing to do. But here's the purpose. Okay, a lot of people are asking me, why are you entering things that that seem impossible? The whole reason to do these things is to not go about the ways of the swamp and the ways that the Republican Party have been doing things that fail, have been failing miserably. And this is why we're slowly losing our country. We have to change the way we're doing things. So you enter in bills, you enter in resolutions to for things that need to be worked towards. So here's so Kevin McCarthy, he entered a resolution to censure Maxine Waters. So there's a difference between what I did. I entered a resolution to expel her, which means remove her from Congress completely. Get her out. Yeah. Yes. He introduced a resolution to censure her, which at most is like a shaming. And then she'd be taking off of her committees. Well, we voted on that yesterday and Republicans, we had 209 votes. Uh, Democrats, I think they had 216. So it was really close, but we lost, right? We lost. Here's the difference. My resolution to expel Maxine Waters is still sitting in here. It hasn't been called to the floor. We haven't voted on it. So it's still there. This means that there's a threat to Maxine Waters for her behavior. She better step herself in line And we already know, we've already seen what she's done. Now, any violence that comes from her words, we can hold her accountable for it. And my resolution is still there and we can work on that. Another, It's just like the impeach Joe Biden, articles of impeachment. I introduced articles of impeachment on Joe Biden. Those articles are there and we're waiting for the opportune time to be able to pull them out of the Judiciary Committee and then be able to work towards impeaching Joe Biden. The reason why we need to impeach Joe Joe Biden is because he's compromised because of his son, Hunter Biden. And Hunter Biden, we know, is a big, big problem. And this is something that that the, the media, the Democrats, they refuse to fully dig into. You know, they've thrown some articles out when his book came out, but they refuse to they refuse to acknowledge the real problems. While we have 120,000 troops, Russian troops sitting at the border of Ukraine, And this is an issue. Well, we have a president of the United States whose son has had business dealings in Ukraine. And then Joe Biden, as the vice president, threatened, threatened uh, the prosecutor in Ukraine by withholding money, United States taxpayers money, by the way, our money so that his son would be protected. So these are the kind of situations that are very important. And this is why I am very aggressive in what I'm doing, because I am acting on behalf of the people. 
because it's people over politicians. It is not about politicians for me. I could care less about any single politician in this entire disgusting cesspool of a swamp. What I care about is the people and it's the people's will. And that is exactly what I'm doing. And I think Joe Biden's actually uh, uh, threatening to withhold like $150 million even right now from from aid from Ukraine. Is that right? Um, possibly so. And this is I, I haven't I haven't dug into that story yet. But um, we I, I just I heard that like yesterday that there's it's another because of what's going on with Russia and Ukraine that Joe Biden is also now. Uh, which with all the prior issues of Ukraine and his son, Hunter, uh, it's it's just it, it's something else that just stinks. Absolutely stinks. Uh, now we've had another right. shooting of a white police officer and a young black gal, Makaila, uh, I believe it is. Uh, I want to get your reaction to that, but I got to give a quick word to my sponsor. Uh, friends, if you like my show, if you like who I'm bringing on, give my sponsor uh, a try. Mike Lindell, his slippers. He's got slippers. I love his slippers. He's got sheets. He's got mattress toppers. Get something from my pillow. He's a patriot that's fighting for this country. He's been canceled by 25 big box stores, including Costco. He's lost $65 million, yet he continues to spend millions of dollars to fight for us for election integrity and to fight for freedom here in this country. So get to mypillow.com and use the code Trump2020 because it feels so good to do that and you get the best discounts. All right, back to uh, Marjorie. I had to give that shout out to Mike Liddell. He's my number one sponsor. He loves my show. So uh, I got to do that. Um, so for for this this latest shooting that just happened yesterday, have you seen the video? The officer responds to uh, somebody with a knife. Uh, he shows up. They're fighting. Have you seen the video on that yet? I haven't watched the video. I only saw a picture where it showed that she did have a knife in her hand, but I haven't watched the video. So the mainstream media is painting her as, you know, just a 16-year-old young girl that was nice. It's the same thing that they did with George Floyd. Uh, I'm waiting for this to be George Floyd, too. The problem is she was attacking another black person. So if Black Lives Matter, who are they actually, uh, you know, if she would have, and she's a big girl. See, she may only be 16, but she was a big girl, and if she was to actually get that knife into anybody's body, it could kill them. Yeah, that's that. Well, and I guess she was obviously trying to kill this other person. I haven't seen the video, like I said, but it's it's um it's really concerning to me that it's got to be every single time it's a white police officer and there's a black person involved. I, I don't know why we you know if we looked at all the statistics. You could pull up every time there's a white police officer and then a white person that's maybe breaking a law or trying to kill someone. Um, and you could look at those statistics and compare them. It's, it shouldn't be about skin color. It should be about law and order. And, you know, that's what makes our country great is our country is for every single American, regardless of your identity. And I, I can tell you right now, David, I hate identity politics. I can't stand it. I try to stay out of it. I refuse to deal with it because I really think America is the greatest country in the world. And it's great because it's for every single American. But um, this isn't what the Democrats want. They they seem to be pushing us and BLM is right there with them. And Antifa just goes in and helps out, too, um, it is it seems to be they're pushing us towards a race war. It's like, what do they want to happen? This is this is terrible. And if someone has a knife in their hand and they're trying to kill someone else, 
well, that the, the police officer officer was reacting to to saving this other person's life. And just as you mentioned, this other person happens to be another black person. So I don't I don't see how BLM can even make an issue out of this. Um, you know, and and this is what this is what they want, though. They want to defund the police, but they want to take away their qualified immunity. So police officers and let's remember, police officers come in every color, every race. It's not like every police officer is just a white man. Right. And their qualified immunity is very important for them because qualified immunity gives them protection. It, get, it helps protect their family. Um, so qualified immunity means that, say, you're a police officer and you have have make an arrest and the person is fighting you back and you have to get rough physically with them and they get a little bit banged up and maybe get their feelings hurt because they got arrested and you put them in the squad car and you took them in and you booked them and, and they're, they're, they're going on and moving to the next thing. Well, they decide they're mad at you because you roughed them up and while they were being arrested for whatever crime they were doing and they want to sue you. Well, qualified immunity protects the police officer from being sued Mm -hmm. and police officers don't make a lot of money. They don't have a lot of money to hire big attorneys. They've got to pay their mortgage. They've got to take care of their families, their children, their wives, their husbands, uh, their significant others, whatever it may be. But Democrats want to take away their qualified immunity so that anybody that's mad and maybe the person that gets arrested, it may be a local nonprofit group. It may be a group as big as the NAACP. It may be uh, Black Lives Matter or whoever. They can sue the police officer and go after them in court. Well, this sets up a, a an issue where what police officer is going to be able to do their job? Number one. They aren't protected and backed by Democrat officials. If they're in a Democrat city or state, those Democrat governors or mayors or or whoever's are not going to back up the police officer. They, they aren't. They aren't going to because they don't back the blue. And no. then you take away their qualified immunity. Well, then they have to be careful because if they if they make a mistake or make someone too angry, they can get sued. So what are we doing to our police? We're destroying our police. We're destroying their morale. We're making it impossible impossible for them to do their jobs. And then what what that really does is it makes our our streets unsafe. It makes our communities unsafe. It get, it rewards criminals and criminal behavior. And this is the question that we should be asking the Democrats: Is why do you want to reward criminal behavior? This isn't about race. It's about protecting our children, protecting our communities, protecting our businesses, having a good, safe place to, to raise our families. But that's not what Democrats want. No, it doesn't seem to be what they want. And what you said to lead off that the, the whole thing is what really just exacerbates me. Everything is about race. If you're listening to the mainstream media, if you're listening to the Democrats, Democrat elites, and you're listening to, uh, you know, any obviously the BLM and Antifa. Everything is about race, and it's it's turning good, well-meaning people into a person that walks around and immediately sees race in other right. people. Uh, final thoughts, Marjorie, uh, Congresswoman Marjorie, uh, what 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 should average Americans be doing and focusing on right now in this crazy, chaotic climate? I get that. Do you know that is the question I get asked the most? Is what can I do? 
What can I do? Let me tell you what you can do. I know a lot of people, there's a, there is a range of emotions since November 3rd. There are people that have said, I'm never voting again because they're so upset. There are people that have turned off the news. They don't want to know anything. They're sick and tired, fed up with it. Then there's people that have dove in head first and they're creating groups and they're, they're getting involved and joining their local GOPs and they're running for office themselves. So here's what we have to do. We cannot accomplish anything. We cannot stop this radical Democrat agenda unless we take back the House in 2022 and, and hopefully win some Senate seats in 2022. And that is that is crucial. That is crucial. So we have to do that. Another thing you can do if you are so tired of all this stuff, you can't be tired of it. Let me tell you why. If you grow complacent and you quit and you say, I'm not paying attention to this garbage anymore. What you're doing is you're walking away and handing it over. You're handing over the country. This isn't a time to quit. This is a time to dig in and get active. Republicans have to become activists. I don't mean like Black Lives Matter activists right. or Antifa activists. I mean, peaceful activists, which means you've got to visit your representatives. You've got to visit your senators, call them, email them. You have to get engaged and pay attention and then hold them accountable. Because here's the here's the part that everyone has seemed to forgotten or forgotten how to do is to hold them accountable. This entire government that I work in and, and now am a part of, because now I am a politician, whether I hate that word or like that word, I am one. You hold me accountable because your tax dollars pays for everything. Your tax dollars pays my salary. Your tax dollars pays this light bill in the building that I'm in. Your tax dollars pays for every single thing that makes this place function. That means this government works for you. So if you're building a house and the contractors you hire are not doing the job correctly, you're going to make them fix it. If they don't fix it, you're going to fire them. This You have to take the same approach here because the people have the power and you have to make them realize, you know what, I, they do have the power. Now, the media, they're liars. The media is going to smear and spread every kind of lie they possibly can to help the Democrats achieve their agenda. Ignore the media. They're terrible. But read yeah. the story so you can hopefully get the truth. But ignore the smears and the lies. I think this is what everyone has got to do is we've gotten too comfortable and soft and lazy as Americans. And we have to realize that we have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And that mm -hmm. means putting our head to the ground, getting to work, get active and save this country. And that's what every single person and every single patriot has got to do. Well, you are doing it, uh, Congresswoman. We're so thankful that you chose to step out of your private sector life and get into Congress. We need individuals like you. I even wore my Don't California, my Georgia shirt today in honor of you. I'd love to send you one. Maybe you'll when you're you'll get love it, wear it when you're working out. We love your workouts. My wife's a huge fan. Uh, wow. You're doing all of it, faith, family, fitness, and you're standing up for America. Well, thank you, David. I'd love to have one of those shirts. I think it's fantastic. I want them to leave our, our wonderful state of Georgia alone. We want it red, not blue. Yes. And thank you yes. so much. I really enjoy your show. Keep up the good work. You're doing a good job. And hopefully I get to meet your wife. Maybe we can work out together sometime. 
I'm sure she would love that. And I'd love to have you back on again. Thank you so much, Congresswoman. Have an amazing rest of your day. We're praying for you. We're believing for you. And uh, we're believing that God positioned you in the swamp to be a beacon of light and hope and change. And uh, we believe he's going to do that through you. So thank you so much. Thank you. God bless. God bless. Friends, there you have it from uh, somebody that is literally in, as she called it, a cesspool. She would know she's behind the scenes. She's in Washington. She knows exactly what's going on. We need to pray for her. We need to pray for strength, for clarity, for wisdom, for protection. We need to uh, understand that the enemy is trying to take her out, but God has positioned her there for a specific reason. So uh, God bless you guys all. Thank you. If you want to get your own, don't California, my Georgia or any state. You can get that at davidharrisjr.store and make sure you get over to MyPillow and support my man, Mike Lindell. Find yourself something nice over there at MyPillow.com and use that code TRUMP2020 when you do. We will see you guys next time. God bless. Bye-bye. My name is David J. Harris Jr. Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris Jr. Show.